I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, can I help you find something? Librarians specialize in helping you find what you were looking for and sometimes what you didn't know you were looking for. Thank you for joining me as I talk to my guests about all things library, including the books inside them. I'm Julie Chavez, and this is Ask a Librarian. Margaret Muirhead is a coffee-fueled, craft-making, cat-loving writer and children's librarian who loves all things picture book. She is the author of Mabel, One and Only, which was published by Dial Books for Young Readers, and Flip, How the Frisbee Took Flight, published by Charles Bridge Publishing. To learn more about Margaret, visit her website, margaretmuirhead.com, and follow her on Instagram, at Maggie Flips. That's at M-A-G-G-Y-F-L-I-P-S. And without further ado, here is my delightful conversation with Margaret. Hello, Margaret. How are you? Hi. I'm very good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're here today. I'm so glad we get to chat. I think at the very top of this, we need to say thank you to our friend, Sandra Miller. I mean, obviously your longer friend, my shorter friend Mm -hmm. for connecting us though. I'm so glad we get to chat today. I agree. It's fun. And she is super fun too. And now it's official because it's on the podcast. (laughs) I mean, I think fun. Yes. And especially since you are close by, I think you can leverage this for like, you know, next time you go out, maybe she pays. I'm just, I'm just suggesting it. She's a good cook. She could make a meal. Oh, perfect. Even better. I love it. So I want to start just by talking about, we'll start by talking about your book. You and I have a lot in common because you are also a librarian Mm -hmm. and you are the author of Flip, how the Frisbee took flight. So mm-hmm. I want to start by asking you, do you have a favorite toy? Is it the Frisbee or is it something else? Oh, that's such a good, well, I, it might be the Slinky. And there's a couple really good books about the Slinky already. Yes. Um, Silly Putty might rank up there ahead Ooh. of on par with Frisbee. I mean, I can't really... I, I'm very good at catching, but throwing a frisbee occasionally I misfire. Uh, occasionally, I was and just going to say every time. Somebody, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so frisbeeing isn't your core competency, but it's still among your among I'm, your pastimes. Yeah, I'm not an ultimate player or um, frisbee golf. I do come to it from like the fun angle, not the sporty angle. A hundred percent. Ultimate Frisbee, when I was in college, I mean, that was like a part-time job. Yeah. People were serious. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be in that club either. I'm one of those people with a Frisbee that's incredibly inaccurate and inconsistent. I will either be nailing it or I can't hit the broadside of a barn. So you never know which Julie you're going to get. Yeah. It's really fun. (laughs) Yes. Fun for the partner. Well, tell me about how this book came to be. Like, 
Yeah. What's its origin story? Well, it's interesting that you asked me what my favorite toy is because as a librarian, I love reading how things came to be stories. Yes. Um, There's one about bubblegum pop, the invention of uh, bubblegum. Yes. Now it's one of my favorite stories to share with kids. Mm -hmm. So I guess I just became curious about different toys and thinking about it. And I thought, you know, there isn't a book about the Frisbee. Yes. And we all need to be informed. So (laughs) without a doubt. So that was my interest. Yeah. That's how I came to it. I love that. I think I'm also thinking of, is it Splash? I think is the title, the Super Soaker one. Yeah. Yes. And that's my, that's my publisher actually. And my editor worked on that book. And that is just a perennial favorite. Who doesn't want to know about the Super Soaker? Like everybody wants to know. So (laughs) I love the idea, though, of, you know, the intersection of your own curiosity mm-hmm. with other people, I'm sure, have wondered this, too. So that's a perfect uh, a perfect choice. Okay, so you decided on the Frisbee. Yeah. And then did you start researching from there? How did you go about all of that? I did, yeah. I started just reading up on it to see if it would be... Well, I mean, there are always, when you're doing a nonfiction picture book, there are always elements that are not kid-friendly, that are not kid appropriate, but is the general gist of the story something that like kids would, that you can communicate to kids? Yes. That makes sense. Like, you know, first I have to research and just, is there a good story there? Is there something interesting to talk about? Okay. And you found that in your research. Was there anything that wasn't kid friendly in this one? Yes. I mean, Fred Fred is the guy who invented the plastic Frisbee. He lived a long time into his 90s. So there was a divorce. There was some alcoholism. There were some business ventures that went bust. Got it. You didn't didn't really want to include those. I can see why. I think that was a wise choice. (laughs) (laughs) Although kids sometimes really love venturing into some details like that. Totally. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it depends on the age level and all of those different considerations. So yes, I think you, I think you narrowed it. You went right down the middle of the fairway here if we're playing Frisbee golf. So good work. (laughs) I love it though. I really enjoyed the story. I like that you start with the premise that ideas pop up in different places Mm -hmm. in different times, but also sometimes at the same time. Mm-hmm. What led you to include that? Was it kind of finding it different places or I what were you thinking? There's a lot of origin stories. When you start to, if you're reading about any kind of origin story, there are contested, there is contested ground. And yes. Frisbee's definitely, I mean, people were inventing it in different forms or using, I mean, okay, humans like to throw things. They will pick up, as you know, if you're the mom of two kids, they (laughs) whatever is around. So people were throwing plates and pans around. That was just an idea that came to more than one person. (laughs) Which is amazing. (laughs) I think that was another part. Like I am like somebody who is creative and, and a maker, somebody who likes to make things. Okay. Really interested in kids inventing and making things from their own imagination. And that is an idea that would come to a kid. Like, here's a plate. This would be, let me toss it this way. I don't know if your kids were into tossing like plastic bottles. Oh, the bottle flip. 
Yeah, oh, the bottle. Lord have mercy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if I were on TikTok, I would know that this is like a big thing, but like, oh. yeah, it's probably huge. Somebody could create a toy out of that. I mean, that's how these things come to be, you know? You're so right. Yeah. I didn't even think of yeah. that. We should patent that like right this second. Yeah, we should. We okay. Should. <laughs> well, so now we know what to do after this. <laughs> Sandra can help us. It'll be great. Okay, perfect. You're so right that that's just, it kind of grows out of something that's yeah. already there. So the idea that it's invented yeah. is a little bit different. I liked that spin on it though, because it also speaks to this idea of the the concept, but then the commercialization of it, right? You know, which one we kind of associate. So the idea right. that people are still tossing things, but the Frisbee mm-hmm. as a product. Mm-hmm. I really, I thought you did a great job. The illustrations in this book are amazing. Yeah, I agree. Did yeah. you choose the illustrator or was that something? So the way, I don't know if you're familiar with picture book, uh, process, but you submit your, if you're not the illustrator, you submit your manuscripts. Yes. In this case, Charles Bridge showed me three different kind of ideas. Okay. And one was Adam's art because he mm. had done other work for them at Adam Gustafson. And I, his composition and like the way he creates movement on these two page spreads, I thought, okay, this, this guy is the right guy for, for this story. And he and yes. he researched everything they're wearing. It's time appropriate. He researched the kinds of houses that were in LA at that time. Like everything is super researched to give it like the vintage accuracy. I didn't I, do that. like I didn't have to do that. That, that is that is fantastic. <laughs> yes. I love that. I mean, because yes, I have a picture book that I'm working on, and I think the same thing. Where I'm going to send this out, but. I mean, I'm not illustrating it. No one needs yeah. to see that, right? Yeah. I loved, I think this spread was one of my favorites, the one with the engagement ring. I thought that was so cool, but all of it had these interesting touches and you're right. It totally had a feel. When I was reading it, I was thinking it looked to my mind like the movie Pleasantville. Oh yeah. It had that yeah. same sort yeah. of thing, but obviously this was in color and I just yeah. thought, oh yeah, this it it really does feel so realistic and yeah. well done. So, and it was perfect with your text. So excellent choice. Good. He did a great job. And yeah, so did. did you, I liked your word choice. I liked the length of text that you had on each page. And then I also really liked the, just the way that you told the story. It, it really gave a lot of context around what was happening in the wider world. You talked mm-hmm. about you know, challenges that they had with the first model. And I love any story where it didn't go right the first time. Yeah. Which is ironic because I hate that when it happens in my own life. So when it happens to me, I'm annoyed. But when I read about someone, and I think that's such a good lesson for kids, right? You try the first time and it's probably going to be a disaster. Right. Right. That's like always trying to teach them and ourselves. Like if you're a writer, you know that because you have to rewrite constantly And thank you for the compliment about the words. I mean, how many iterations? I don't know, because I didn't really like keep track of every draft. But, you know, even after it was accepted, I still was at it, tinkering with those words. And so that's like the other creative process that everybody... Fail is a big word, you know, like fail. Yes. But maybe it's more like obstacles or roadblocks or... 
whatever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There are different ways to frame it. I know recently someone was talking about, you know, you're failing every time, but every time you fail better. Mm-hmm. And I liked that idea as well. So yeah. yeah, I'm one of those people that needs to write that on a sticky note and put it on my bathroom mirror or something like yeah. you so you're can do it. on a picture book right now. You're yes, I am. Mine's a little bit more tied to my book. It's called the feelings library, but it's still, I'm still shopping it. And I feel like, love that. Oh, thanks. I feel like what people don't know though, is that it is tough to publish a picture book. Yes. How long did you shop this one? If you tell me six months, I'm going to be really annoyed. No, (laughs) I'm hanging up. I, what did I, I'm trying to remember the, so what I did was I went to a conference. I knew that the publisher published books that I liked that is, that are nonfiction in that vein. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried to get like a one-on-one with the editor from Charles Bridge, Julie Bliven, and she liked it. Okay. And she said, you know, I, if you want to work on this and send it to me again. So, you know, when somebody said, you know, when an editor says that you're like, okay, I'm like, stop everything. This is what I'm working on. Absolutely. Back to her. But it did take a really long time after I resent it to her to hear from her. It was months. And I kind of, I don't know if I gave up hope. I, I remember I was in a parking lot waiting for picking up my son, waiting for him to get out of some event activity. And did I get an email? I must, or I didn't, I don't think I got a phone call. It must've been, yeah. an email, but that's right. where it was. Yeah. And I, I'm like, Oh no, this email. And so it was what happened before that. I probably had sent it out to a number of people before I found Julie and kind of zeroed in on her at a yeah. <laughs> You know, that's so smart though, to know the publisher and what kind of books they're interested yeah. in. And especially yeah. for the editors. I mean, that's the name of the game is, yeah. is understanding where your story and where the book right. fits in this larger market and, right. you know, hopefully canon of children's literature, which is exciting. So, yeah. but it can be daunting. Yeah. And I'm well, sure there's always luck too, like whether just the timing. Yep what the editor is interested in that moment, what their list Mm. looks like, how booked up their list is, how many years, you know, what are they working at? What timeframe are they working on? So I think that's a good word of encouragement. Yeah. For authors though, what you're saying where it is luck, but also on the flip side of that, if it is a no, then that's not necessarily that your work wasn't up to snuff or that it wasn't right somehow on your end. Like you have to see it in a little bit bigger perspective. Yeah. And when that's hard. It's not right for my list. You can actually take it that way. You know, it yes. wasn't right for their list. Right. Yeah. I, yes. I really, by the way, I, I've been at this for a long time and okay. I, because I, I studied creative writing when I was 25 to 27 and now okay. I'm 50. So I had much thinner skin back in my twenties and thirties. Like those mm. things hurt me a lot more. Now yes. I, I recover from them much more quickly. I take them much more just at face value, but that was a learned in, talk about anxiety, the feelings library. My feelings <laughs> used to slow me down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it is challenging because writing is such an, intimate exercise in some ways. And then it's very risky to 
put yourself right. out there at all. But right. you're right. You do kind of have to develop a, a tough skin. Or, and, or maybe yeah. just like a, a Spock, like, you know, yes. just business next. Totally. Thing. A yeah. little stoicism. Yeah. Yes. I think that that's yeah, in the Spock. feelings library. Stoicism in the feelings <laughs> library. <laughs> the feelings library is closed, everyone. Exactly. <laughs> nobody's going in anymore. (laughs) That's amazing. Now, where did you study creative writing? In North Carolina at the University of North Carolina in Greensboro, which is like a satellite of that university. It has a very old writing program there. Wow. Yeah. What's, do you have one thing that comes to mind that still stands out for you that you learned there? That's like, you use it all the time. Oh my gosh. No, what <laughs> what stands out for me is just like the wonderful people who are there. Oh. Barbecue stands out for me. Oh yes, going to poetry readings and fiction readings. Like, okay, so was there one craft thing? I wasn't writing picture books at the time. That was okay. when I was in short stories, which was were in vogue at that time. Yes, very. There was something about likability, or but I can't even remember it now because. It, Picture books are so, so, are such a simple trajectory. You need one character. Yes. That is your main focus. You can't muddle that up. There has to be like a really clear conflict and resolution. It is pared down from something more complex. Yes. But so, yeah, no, I don't, no. I love it. it. Well, but isn't that interesting how that's, you know, that was the beginning maybe of that path, but it's not yeah. necessarily where you developed, you developed a yeah. part of your skill set there, yeah. but yeah. it's not, because I think a lot of people have a preconceived notion like, well, I need to go to a class. I need to learn how to do this, but there's so yeah. many ways that we kind yeah. of absorb yeah. those lessons along the way. So it sounds you like know, yours were lived. I really liked in that, in getting an MFA where was, because I was in the fiction workshop, but I loved reading the poetry mm. and I had never really dabbled into poetry, but I, I kind of consider like the short form of the picture book, like a kind of poetry and my interest in that and my reading it and like seeing what people were up to was really fostered in that time period. Oh, that's really a neat thing to think about how that led. And you're right. I did their packets of poems and I couldn't, you know, I wasn't going to their workshop, but I was reading them and really intrigued by what people were up to. That's really an interesting take on that. Right. And I'm sure there was a length or a level of freedom in that too, because you weren't studying that. So it didn't have to be any pressure of I'm dissecting this. It's just for enjoyment. Exactly. I feel like poetry and picture books also something they share in common is the importance of word choice yeah. because they're so distilled. Yeah. Every word matters. Right. So I love seeing that. Ooh, that's well. So it sounds like you did take very many things, but <laughs> none of them fit on a post-it note. <laughs> <laughs> barbecue and beer, barbecue and beer. <laughs> yeah. Essential to any college experience, especially in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Did you like the vinegar kind of barbecue or the sauce barbecue? Well, I can't remember North which Carolina one. Which. Has, yeah, I just remember the vinegar kind. That was what they had. Um, okay. But as like a New Hampshire girl bought via New York State and Cal- <laughs> and I did live in California. Like, okay. I had never had any kind of barbecue before I moved there. So it was a revelation. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yes. They're like, we're having this again tomorrow. Yeah. And then the next day. <laughs> yeah. That's 
<laughs> well, I love that. What are some of your favorite books? So you're in, you're a librarian for a school yep. from TK to eight. Yep. And or actually you, preschool all the way oh, down preschool pre K TK. <gasps> K all the way to eight. So fun. I love K-8 schools. I think they are so cool. Yeah. You really get a different feel too, because I feel like it grounds the middle schoolers a little bit more to have the younger kids around. And then the younger kids can see kids who are older, who are engaged and learning. It's, it Mm -hmm. can be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yep. They buddy up with the, the eighth graders buddy up with the youngest and stop. The cuteness of that has to be. Yeah. And it makes them more mature. It makes them like realize that their role models are. Yes. So in touch with their child playfulness. Oh, that's so cool. I have an eighth grader and he just started babysitting. And I think it's that same thing. They really get to enjoy kind of that part of it. They still love to play. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. So you've been doing that for how long? I will. I worked in an elementary school, public elementary school for seven years. And this is my fourth year at the school that I'm at now. Oh, wow. What? A lot. <laughs> that is a number of years. And also what I'm hearing in this is that you're not getting rich with picture books yet. No, that's <laughs> true. That is also correct. <laughs> okay. We're just dispelling myths right and left here. This is going to be super valuable. <laughs> I'm not at the Mo Willems. Of- <laughs> oh my gosh. The Mo <laughs> Willems. Seriously. Yep. You just need to span a commercial enterprise and then, then you're yep. good to go. Yeah. Yep. Merch included. Yep. So what do you like most about your job? Ooh, so many things. I, first of all, I did not know this job existed. And if I had known, I might've found it earlier because I've always loved to work with kids, but I did not want to be a classroom teacher at all. Like no interest in that. Yeah. I want to like meet them in some, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with this, but they call school libraries, the third space, like between it's not a classroom and it's not your house. It's not your home. Yes. And so I love that, that it's with, it's not graded. It's, come as you are. It's creative. The curriculum's pretty loose yes. to be driven by the kids or your inspiration. And it can be loud. I mean, mm-hmm. people think libraries are quiet. I'm not sure why, because they're so loud. Children's <laughs> so libraries do loud. tend to get loud. Yeah. We have a lot of little like cheers to keep people, yes. keep people <laughs> tamped down. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the design elements of picture books. So I really like to share that with kids. Yes. The art of them. They come to you thinking they're just these objects that have appeared. Yes. They have fledgling ideas about authors. Yes. Um, Author is different than writer though. You know, like I think of myself as a writer. I know I'm an author, but writer is like down in the grit and the dirt and rewriting. Author is some like packaged performance space. I think that's a perfect way to put it. You're right. The writer feels more like the actual job and the author is the, not fake, but it's just the more, yeah, the more performative aspect. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So they have an idea about authors, but not so much writers. And then they really don't think about like how it was sketched and inked or colored or, and all the design. So my interest in art and making and writing come together in yes. the picture book. And I really like to share that with kids. Yeah. I bet. 
Yeah. Do you feel like they, I mean, what are some of your favorite books to share with them? What do they like? Okay. What is, well, the, when I was saying that I was thinking about creepy carrots, do you know that book? Yes, I am aware of creepy carrots. Um, creepy carrots. That's a perennial favorite. Yes. Anything by Dan Santat. I do, you know, like a mock Caldecott every year. And I always throw in a Dan Santat book and it usually wins if I put him in the mix. Yeah. How can and, it not? I love after the fall. After the fall. Yeah. That's excellent. one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, I try to, I keep him out some years. So, you know, because yeah. he will win. <laughs> you don't want to give him an unfair advantage, right? I mean, come exactly. on. There are other ones, guys. <laughs> Although he's, he seems great. <laughs> I'm trying to think, oh, this year I'm starting off. Here's my, I'm at my desk so I can yeah, grab. Yeah, perfect. A friend Ooh, good. Of mine, uh, like kind of an online friend. I've never actually met her, but I love her. Maria John Ferrari. And this is the book I'm going to start with this year. Be a tree. Oh, beautiful. Felicita Sala. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And it's about the interconnectedness of trees, but also with the metaphor of how we as humans are all interconnected. So that is where I'm starting this year with this. What? Oh, book. look at those illustrations. Yeah. Gorgeous. He does nonfiction sort of, she's a dog lover. So there's a lot of books about dogs, but also nature. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I like that one. Be a tree. Yeah. Be a tree. Very cool. Yeah. I yeah, those are fun ones. Have you are you a fan of Oliver Jeffers? Yes. Yes. I of course. Of course. I mean, obviously that's like <laughs> silly question. What am I thinking? But I love the incredible book eating boy. Oh yeah. That's an book one that boy. the book eating boy, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, out of the there's like actual cutout of yes. It's boy's teeth. Yes. So clever. Is that how you're going to start? Oh, you already started August. I know. August 10th. We were just discussing how we start super early. But yes, I usually start with that. My favorite thing, though, is that I tend to, I try and incorporate the new read-alouds. And I don't know if you find this, but I love for them to have the idea that the books stay the same, but they are growing. And so for them to get new jokes and to see different layers of a picture book and have different appreciation for it as they go through the years is one of my favorite things. Oh my gosh. I don't think I've really thought about that. I have a, well, yeah, so you revisit, like you revisit yes, some yes. favorites and see what, yeah. Absolutely. And especially some of the, I pointed out one the other day that was, oh, Be Quiet by Ryan T. Higgins, which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of the jokes in that book, the, the kindergartners love it because I do the voices and it's funny to them. But then I read it to some fourth graders and they were howling because yeah. they yeah. get more of the jokes. So I just love seeing how they can appreciate it at different levels, yeah. which is part of my then leading into the, you're never too old for a picture book. So I, you people stop reading them. <laughs> no, no gosh. they are treasures. I know you are a big fan also of other nonfiction. So mm -hmm. do you find that, does that feel like an important thing for you, especially as it relates to flip is having kids having an opportunity to connect with nonfiction and how do you approach that? What's your thought on that? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue Nile.com. You can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think it just appeals to some kids. Some kids are just fact mm, kids. Yes. Um, I don't really think, oh, they need this the way okay. Common Core, you know, when we had, I don't know if Common Core exists still in your school. It's not big in my, the school I'm at right now. But it was this focus on understanding technical writing and nonfiction writing. Yes. I guess I come to nonfiction with a story. Mm-hmm. It, it tells you something about the world, but it, I like narrative nonfiction that tells it in a story form. Yes. Definitely with pictures. <laughs> yeah. Let's make it easy for everybody, friends. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I, I don't, I read it because I think they will love it. Yes. Not because I think they should have it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a wonderful approach to it. And looping back to what you were saying about the third place, I couldn't agree more. I tell people all the time that I have the best gig in the school because yeah. I get to see them for a set amount of time, which is yeah. also nice. Yes. But, but they hopefully can feel, you know, school can be a tricky place for kids. Yeah. And so for them yeah. to be able to come and just be themselves and hopefully feel good among the books, mm-hmm. that sort of is at least for me, part of it where I just want you to feel good here and have some, you know, hopefully pick up some books that you like, but also yeah. have that association of this is a, a place for me yeah. where I belong. Yeah. So it sounds like you have a similar approach. Exactly. And I know now, do you have hands-on activities in your library? Oh, that's what I was going to talk to you about. I wanted to ask you about that. So the school, I, I always try to do have some like little center going on I'm in this school I'm in currently is I'm in a modular classroom and it's really small. So okay. I don't have a whole lot of space, whereas I used to. Mm. And we have a designated maker space, which is kind mm. of like a workshop that that's right. the word. I don't know if everyone's familiar with it, but yes. where you can do woodworking or sewing or duct taping stuff yes. together. Where you make stuff. Where you make stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they can... They can ever have enough of that. Mm-hmm. Even though we have like a makerspace and a makerspace class, they are always looking for, kids are always looking for those opportunities. Yes. And so with Flip, like I, when I, I didn't actually get to visit a lot of schools, hopefully this year I did virtual visits, but some schools did kind of inventing around oh, the book, cool. which I thought was really cool. Oh, that's um, fun. Good idea. Yeah. But yeah, what kind of making do you do in your library? This is going to hurt your little art Uh-oh. creating heart uh, because we have next to none. Yeah. Yeah. So you ours get some is... cardboard boxes and some tape. That's all really. And I, just, do, yeah. I do have a few books on things you can make with cardboard and like time yeah. travel with cardboard. Yeah. Those are really cool books. Yeah. But I am, I'm a little bit of a purist sometimes yeah. because... Yeah. And I think a lot of it too is dictated by your space and by yep. the schedule. Yeah. So we move a lot of classes through our library and yes. 
the time that they're there can be compressed. And so it becomes, you know, what, what's most important for you to get here. Luckily we have an awesome science teacher who does a lot and our classroom teachers do a lot, but that is something I'm trying to incorporate more of, but my goals are so low and pathetic. I think you'll really appreciate that. Mostly I'm just like, well, maybe we could color. (laughs) (laughs) That would be really revolutionary. (laughs) Coloring is so fun and they always appreciate coloring and making word searches, making their own. Yes. I haven't said that recently, but that is. Okay. That's a good idea. Just like the blank ones where they can make them. Mm. That's a really good idea. Okay. Well, you've inspired me. I'll try and (laughs) I'll make some things. I'll send you some pictures and prove that I am trying to grow and learn. I like, if you just put like some cardboard boxes really, and just like recyclables and tape in a corner in your library, there will be making, something will happen, but it does cause a mess. And there is like cleanup. You have to have some rules, especially if one yes. class is, is leaving as the next one comes in, like, which sounds like it might happen in your library. I just really appreciate that. I don't come off as a compulsive nut job because <laughs> even as you say cardboard and tape and you just let them go at it, I'm like, Oh, I just, I don't know that I want people to do that in the library. <laughs> the feelings library are getting very tense. <laughs> yes. The feelings library is reopening and we don't want to mess everyone. <laughs> well, it's good. I love that everyone has their different style. Even within our yeah. district, we have eight elementary schools. So I get to talk to the other librarians yeah. and I think that's such a a gift, but you are right that I could probably stand to loosen the reins like a tiny bit. Do you do a lot of, um, so one thing that I am so addicted to is anything with post-its. So I'll do like, just like write your response, draw your response to what we read on a post-it, share books on a post-it. I'm just like, that's an excellent idea. Yeah. Another, it's messy again, but not as messy. No, see, but that feels like uh, manageable messy. Contained. Yes, I can I can pick those off real quick and recycle those puppies. So yes. no problem there. Yes, <laughs> I think that that is a great idea because, yeah, definitely their responses to things yeah. would be interesting, especially for our older kids yeah. to have that kind of approach mm-hmm. to just how we feel about books. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I tell them a lot too. I mean, their job in the library is to learn what kind of reader they are, what they yeah. like. Yeah. And so that would be really, I'm going to yeah. write that down. That's a good idea. And I will think about the cardboard. Okay. I'll, I'll consider it and get back to you. It's probably going to be a lots of tape. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not helping your sales pitch, but I appreciate it. <laughs> that's amazing. What are you working on now? So I, during the pandemic, my friend, Sandra, our mutual yes. friend, Sandra. And he's going to make you dinner. Yes. Continue. Yeah. He's going to make me dinner. <laughs> he does make me a lot of food um, who feeds me constantly. Perfect. I think she was the one who learned a little tidbit about the inventor of the invention of the board game Candyland, which is that it was invented during the epidemic pandemic of polio in the late forties. And yeah, so she invented it as a way to entertain kids in the hospital in polio wards, but also kids who were at home and quarantined. Right. 
So during the quarantine, we started researching her. Yeah. And she, that was so fun because it was really challenging. A lot of the information you'll find about her online is likely not accurate, but it gets really? repeated a lot. But we okay. just, you know, we did so much research. You know, they uh, people say she was a teacher and we have found no evidence that she was a teacher. Wow. Um, yeah. So we wrote this story and now we are shopping it around and also, you know, busy rewriting as, you know, every once in a while, like, I think we need to, you know, hit it from a different angle or change it up. Yeah. But I don't know if you grew up with Candyland. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's such a fun story because it's a game and it's candy and it's a female inventor from a time when uh, you wouldn't think that women were creating games. Yes. Yeah. I am excited to read that. That sounds yeah. great. Because I yeah. like the one, there's one about Monopoly. Yes. Go, isn't it? Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 And similar mm-hmm. to that hearing about not only the stories of inventors, but the stories of inventors who didn't have a chance to share it because of the time that they lived in right? or the recognition that they would have necessarily garnered. Yeah. That's really cool. And what a perfectly timed story too about needs must kind of thing. Like she needed to figure out a a way to entertain those kids and Yeah. yeah. This big idea that she had during this like really hard time period. And that's, yeah, kind of up my alley. Like what, you know, how, how do you stay inspired and create things during a time of shutdown or isolation or withdrawal? Yes. And how does it build your resilience to get through certain eras? Oh, it's so true. What I mean, and that's a... It's what we were talking, right? Perseverance, resilience. I mean, yep. those are just lessons yep. that we can never get enough of as children yep. or adults. Yeah. Because life is perpetually difficult and disappointing. I'm, mm-hmm. I, for, you know, somehow I'm finding that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a series of obstacles I yep. have to overcome yep. before I go to bed at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what would be your best advice for writers hoping to write a picture book? Hmm. People do ask me this a lot. I think that a lot of times, you know, I say find a community of uh, like a writer's group and attend conferences through the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. But I skip the part a lot of times, the writing, the hard work, the rewriting. I I talk more about like, oh, how do you get it published? How do you start it? it But I forget that how much craft goes into it. And like as a librarian, you know, you've read all these books. People need to go to the library and just sit in the children's section and read, take in all the models, take in the books you like. Yes. Don't just write one story, but write lots of stories because you might think, oh, I have this one precious story, but actually you have more. And it might Mm -hmm. be your seventh story that is the one that really works. Yes, so work on the craft before you get to the finding editors, but you can, you can do that in a, in a community, yes. in a group of other writers. So you're not lonely. <laughs> yes, that is so true. Yeah. Right. Keep at it, but yeah. don't let yourself be lonely because that doesn't need to be part of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. And there are so many, 
I find. And go to the library. And yes. go to the library. Go to the library. See if they have cardboard and tape there, guys. <laughs> but don't get distracted because you need to be reading the picture books. You need to be looking at the books. <laughs> And be stoic. This isn't the feelings library. <laughs> That's right. Keep it together and keep start. it together. <laughs> yeah, that could be. I think I should open the feelings library, and then. But the the tagline would be keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together, everybody. We gotta keep things under control in here. I really appreciate that advice, and I think you're so right. I think before I started any writing, I underestimated the level of attention to the craft that's yeah. required and that yeah. should be required. Yeah. And I think it's true in any medium, in any yeah. sort of creative endeavor, it's easy to want to put the cart before the horse. Yeah. But I think to your point earlier too, it sounds like for you that the title that you like more is not author, but right. writer. Yes. That's and so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So holding on to that, that that's, mm-hmm. and that's the part that's you and deeper. And I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be thinking about that a lot. Well, mm-hmm. Margaret, I think I could talk to you all day. I agree. I have really enjoyed chatting with you and I'm excited to hear more about Candyland. I already want to know what happened yep. and I wish you luck with be a tree as your first reload. I hope the children are all wrapped and just so happy. And I hope they build lots of things with their cardboard. I do want to see some more pictures of that. I want some pictures of the results. Maybe that'll inspire me. What happens with the tape? (laughs) I really enjoyed this too. I'm really looking forward to reading. I love the title, the anxiety library or anxiety library. Yeah. There is a the currently Um, today (laughs) and feelings library. Well, I can share one of them with you because one's yeah. done. I'm still working on the edits for yeah. the anxiety library and exactly what you're saying. The amount of times that you revisit the words is mm-hmm. like whatever. If you're starting out writing and you think, okay, I'm going to have to rewrite this 10 times, multiply that by 10 right. because you just right. never stop right. looking at it in right. both good and horrible ways. So yes, we will, we will definitely discuss, you know, I think basically what I should do now is just invite myself to dinner with you and Sandra. She'll make it for both of us while I we compare agree. notes. That would be wonderful. That would <laughs> Perfect. Be wonderful. We will make it happen. Okay. Well, this has been such a joy. Good luck with all the upcoming projects and the school year. And I will be in touch. I am already going, planning to have you back when Candyland comes. All right. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks friend. Have a good rest of the day. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Ask a Librarian. As always, it's my joy to share and learn with you. You can follow me on Instagram at Julie Writes Words, or you can go to my website, juliewritewords.com. There you'll find the show notes, including all the books mentioned in the episode. See you in the stacks next week. And until then, friends, never go anywhere without a book. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.